This is the beginning of the end, boys. And the one with a disagreeable agreement. The slowest uppercut in the history of television. And a giant that will do no garm. It's called Terminus. Here, Here we, we go. go. <laughs> We're embarking on a voyage all through time and all through space. Counting Daleks, Dalek, Boot, and the Cybertronic race. Some Torrens look like taters and Silurians all have wonky scales. And the Doctor has a TARDIS. We're reviewing all his tales. Who back when? Reviewing all of who there is. Who back when? Subscribe and read on iTunes, please. Episode by episode, we're trudging down this temporal. Come join us on this odyssey. What other choice could there be than who back when? Who back when? What up, podcast land? And welcome to another absolutely spectacular episode of Who Back When, a Doctor Who podcast. Or Doc Past. Dang right, it's a Doc Past. Uh, that lovely voice belongs to the one, the only, Jim. Hello, Jim! Why, hello. Yes, it is me, Jim. And, oh, who are you? Oh, thank you for asking. I am me, and that's who this voice belongs to. I'm Leon. Hello, Jim. Hello, podcast land. And guess what? We have a treat in store for you and your earballs tonight, podcast land. Tonight, we are discussing Terminus. It is bananas, and I cannot wait to get into it with Jim Cakes. Jim Cakes, what do you think of Terminus? High level. Wait, I can add high more le- H's to that high level. <laughs> high level. <laughs> high level. Um, yeah, I would say it's yellowy in color, slightly bendy, okay. and mm-hmm. uh, you could peel it and eat it. Yeah, I would. I would concur. It's bananas. Fantastic. <laughs> Here's my friend who concurs with me. Okay, so we have yeah. a lot to unpack with this one. How about we just jump into the B-Scout straight away and then fire off some questions at each other, start the ping-pong process. Oh-wee, that's an amazing idea. <laughs> Time for us to synopsize, lubify and summarize. So take a view and grab a brief and listen to this overview. This free for all we like to call a bite-sized chunk of who. Bite-sized chunk of who. When professional arsehat Turlow sabotages the TARDIS, the Doctor, Nyssa, Tegan, and Turlow materialize aboard a plague ship bound for Terminus, a mysterious space station at the center of the known universe. What a coinkydink, you might say, but we're not done yet, because a couple of pirate raiders have boarded the ship in search of treasure at just this time, found nothing of value, and have inexplicably been marooned there by their comrades. Very slow fade to Terminus, where it transpires dumping the fuel cells would cause the universe to be destroyed, and would you know it, bloody Turlo's just gone ahead and prepared a nice steaming dump. So while Tegan and Turlo learn what a TV dinner feels like, and Nyssa strips down to her underwear, the resident guards and an unexplained rodent slave nurse act out some petty, pointless charades. B-Scout over. You are welcome. Aren't you just dearest podcast land? And holy moly, that does sound like, you know what? It sounds like more than one serial. It sounds like multiple serials. Yeah, like to the point where more so than any other one, Marie was actually sat next to me when I watched the first episode, doing oh, yeah? a bit of crochet. And um, nice. when it finished, I turned to her and said, like, that's an entire new Who episode. That's a 45 minute episode, probably plus a bit extra. And that's just part one of four. And it was 25 <laughs> minutes long. And it's like, what the actual fuck? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, this is an episode that has so many unnecessary twists and turns, so many unnecessary subplots. (laughs) And uh, yeah, you know what? No, there's no and. That's it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. 
Okay. I'm not entirely sure how I feel about it. I don't think I love it. No, I definitely don't love it. That yeah, I can easily get to the point where I say I don't love this. Okay, yeah. Was I entertained? I think this is below average. In fact, oh, sorry, more interesting. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know if I agree if it was below average. I can definitely have a, a, a basically just a big question: Was I entertained by this? That that's where I am, and I think maybe <laughs> definitely in places. I'm not sure about in general. Okay. Podcast Land, we did have a quick chat about this before we press record, and I have to admit, I was a little distracted for part of my viewing experience, simply because I wasn't necessarily entertained by all of it. Specifically, and I'm sure we'll get into this in detail, but specifically, the politics among the gods on Terminus didn't really interest me. The rest is kind of cool, but not really. Oh, you know what? We'll get into it. We'll get into it. Do you I mean, have any questions about this that you would stop? I mean, okay, we yeah, could sure. start there. Like, is, is that the biggest point of this uh, storyline that you could just cut out and nothing would be lost? This, this idea uh, yeah. of like a, a coup among the guards or whatever it is. The, Definitely. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, I don't even remember the names of the different guards. I know one of them had a mustache, but then that kind of confused me because one of the dudes had a helmet with a mustache. I was like, all right. I'm not saying that I'm that easily confused by stuff on screen, <laughs> but in, in general... Like the, okay, what were their names? Without looking, what were their names? The only one Pick I knew every- was the guy with the mustache. He was Boar. He was Boar, and he was really quite charming. He now, was lovely. I yes. freaking adored that guy. <laughs> yeah, he's the only one that I really remember. Then there was the guy who looked like... In fact, I looked up, <laughs> looked him up on IMDb. He's like, wait, hang on. Is he or is he related to the guy who played the Hound on Game of Thrones? I was like, no, not at all. <laughs> Maybe oh, they right, live yeah. next door to each other, but I don't think that's how genes work. And then... <laughs> Who was, like, the main guard guy? The chap who lets them in yeah. at the end. The chap who's like, oh, no, oh, help me and I'll show you. That guy. I don't remember his name. I had to look up what his name was, and I've already forgotten. So, yeah, anyway, in answer likewise. to your question, yes, yeah, I think you could easily cut this. Yeah, I, I have forgotten what their names were as well. I wrote, I wrote his down, because he is basically the only other one that we should care about. He's apparently hmm. called Valgard. I mean, That's I could, right, not yes. have, could not have told you if that was correct or not. I lifted off Wikipedia. It's now no, I'm pretty sure that's it. Yeah. But like throughout all of my notes, they were the group of them were referred to as the Golden Spacemen <laughs> and shortened to GSM. And then he was GSM. GSM. Thug. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, he, he was the thug of the bunch, so that's what he got. But, I mean, not to to go sideways too much, but I, I got it with the Raiders as well. Like, I did not grab yes. the name of either of them, and so it was... Raider lady and Raider guy. Raider guy. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's all uh, my notes. Raider set. guy is Olivier, I think. Yeah, I, and okay. I, I only remember that because in the beginning I thought, oh, hang on, is this somehow like, is there going to be a, um, is he either a a man via or is this is there like a viral link? Is that why his that's his name? Ooh. And then it turns out no, actually, all of this is taken from Norse mythology. Lots of names that I had no idea were part of Norse mythology. But then the story has nothing to do with Norse mythology, as far as I'm aware. And uh, yeah, I'm with you. Okay, here's another thing. Did we need the politics among the raiders? Like, they are marooned on this ship because... Why? Because one of their co-pirates, one of their co-raiders, one of their colleagues, decided to do like a little hostile takeover. He's like, oh, fuck it. I'm I'm doing a coup of my own. These two are on a plague ship. I'm stealing the ship and I'm leaving. We didn't need that. No. At all. Like, it, Yeah, it could just be their ship and then they get stuck some some reason the same way that the TARDIS crew is stuck you know it's yeah some MacGuffin yeah, in fact that's they can't get back to that's their ship so good yeah 
Okay, here's a question for you about what's his face, Olvia, the Riddle chap. Do you think, and let's put a pin in this as well because we need to talk about Nissa, but do you think that he was set up as possibly a kind of romantic connection with Nissa? Sort of a, oh, this is why Nissa's staying behind. She wants to stay there with Olvia. I mean, I didn't get that through anything. And then when he comes to free her, I mean, she ends up sitting on top of him for a start. <laughs> yeah. But. There was also, like, I think it was played slightly more with emotions for people that knew each other quite well, rather than people that had met 30 Just minutes Just met, yeah. In, you know. I mean, yeah, exactly. And this whole thing starts with him pointing a gun at the TARDIS crew. Yeah. So and there's, he doesn't and get any development. It takes like two hours. The whole thing doesn't take very long. Yeah, exactly. They don't spend a night on Terminus, for example. Not that it's, it's ever evident through the plot, that's for sure. Yeah. No, I don't think so. Like, they never sleep or anything, so... No, exactly. Yeah, two hours later... She's ready to spend the rest of her probably quite dreary and short life with this guy. So I, I do wonder if there is an idea to make it romantic only because this has happened on Doctor Who before. Like uh, the Doctor's granddaughter, for example, Susan stayed behind on post-apocalyptic Earth just because this dude she just met seemed like a nice guy. I'm glad that that wasn't, you know... Expressed, maybe. Expressed, yeah. yes, through through dialogue or anything. Maybe there is an implication there, but I mean, I didn't really pick up on it. I wouldn't have said Nissa stayed because of Olvir. No. That wouldn't be on my list of reasons. No, that's true. Okay, so Podcastland, here's another observation that we made right before pressing record. This was written by Steve Gallagher, who also wrote Warrior's Gate. And Warrior's Gate ends very much the same way. In Warrior's Gate, we see the exodus of K9 and Romana 2. And Romana 2 stays behind. I mean, she keeps K9, but she stays behind because she wants to help the whatever, cat people or whatever they... I can't remember what they're called. You know what I mean. Paw Patrol. Paw Patrol. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, exactly. She's like, yeah, I mean, I have a whole life and I don't belong in this universe or this dimension. Whatever it was. E space. D space. F space. Whatever that space was. And... I'm pretty um, sure it was E, yeah. (laughs) E space, yeah. (laughs) Like, yeah, you know what? I I don't belong here and I have no friends here, but I'm going to stay behind because I kind of want to be this interdimensional doctor or mechanic or whatever it is that you know someone who just helps them with something that they're not capable of doing themselves and here at the end of it Nissa who whose brain is so incredibly multifaceted and elaborate and advanced that she should not feel that she belongs on this dreary space station she decides to stay behind just so that she can help these people synthesize an enzyme that was handily set up at the start of the serial but um or not an enzyme but it synthesize a, a cure okay make sure that you have a spaceship so you can get the fuck out of there though nissa because like that place is boring as shit <laughs> like in some ways it was a, a really nice send-off for that character because it was altruistic and it, it fed into her skill set mm-hmm. i think it it probably actually made a little bit more sense than Romana going. Like, Romana's a Time Lord. Yeah, agreed. Time Lady. And whilst Nissa is traveling in the TARDIS, like, she's a guest in the TARDIS. Whereas, you know, Romana, okay, Gallifrey wanted her back and maybe wouldn't have let her travel again. Or I don't know. But yeah, other than traveling the TARDIS, she could go back to Gallifrey and maybe have the option of going 
going in another TARDIS in the future, you know, which yeah. seemed a stupid thing to give up. Whereas Nissa, at least it's like, I've done some traveling, like this was my gap year in the TARDIS. And now I'm <laughs> yeah. setting up my career <laughs> as a biochemist, you know, like curing this this plague and maybe maybe she will get off that ship who knows yeah but doesn't it seem a little odd though actually i have a kind of sub question for this but doesn't it seem a little odd because eventually she will have synthesized a cure and then what yeah just hang around <laughs> for 20 30 years and uh yeah um the I terminus corporation isn't going to send more people to yeah. terminus necessarily oh sorry yeah she's just going to invent television and get them all to act and broadcast it out to the <laughs> To the ether and become a, a mogul. Yeah, I don't know. So do you think that this is Steve Gallagher being a one-trick pony? Or do you think that J&T... Oh, yeah, shit, I had a sub-question as well. But do you think that J&T just went, oh, we we got to get rid of Nyssa for whatever reason. We've decided we're going to get rid of Nyssa, contractual reasons. Who's good at writing out main companions? Uh, Steve's great at that. Bring in Steve. The G-man. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty weird. These are his only two credits in Doctor Who, is that right? Yeah. He's also written some novelizations, but these are the only two TV episodes. Yeah. But the novelizations are of these episodes as well. Yeah. Oh, you know what? Maybe. Maybe. I don't know if he's written others. Probably. Um, as in, sorry, yeah. probably just the same ones. You're right. So, I don't know. It's well, that's that's shtick, really, maybe. It's really, really weird. And it's not just that these are companion exits and they exit for these kind of altruistic reasons or whatever. Don't you feel like Paw Patrol and... And the Garm have a little bit of relationship as well. Oh, shit, Bananas, you're so right. One's a giant cat and the other's a giant rat. Yeah, you're so I mean, right. Yeah, he's so not just a one-trick so pony. He's like a one-times-one-trick pony. <laughs> so, so, so JNT maybe did go like, all right, hang on, we need to bring in... We need to bring in Steve Gallagher because he's like the Winston Wolf of getting rid of companions. And then <laughs> they bring him in. It's like, he's got so much talent. He can write another one. He writes this one. He's like, fuck, he can only write the same episode twice. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next time we want to get rid of a companion, maybe bring in someone else. And that's why he doesn't have another writing credit to his name. I don't know. I'm sorry, Steve, if you're listening to this. I, I Come on the show. Uh, but <laughs> we're just speculating. Yeah. I, yeah. Here was it's my sub question for you. Oh, sorry. It's, it's weird how much there is crossover between these these two serials written by the same guy and yeah, nothing definitely. else written by him. Yeah. So this was going to be my sub-question. At the end, Doc says something like, uh, you should also contact this spaceship to, what's his face, Vanguard. Valgard? Valgard. Yeah. Is that so that Nyssa gets a chance to leave Terminus, do you think? I mean, I think he was just saying it to basically help them all, because otherwise they are just stuck on that spaceship. But you know, Nyssa's plan as well, like half her reason to be there, I think. Like when, when she basically saves the day at the end, which I really liked that she, she comes in and saves the day. She's been cured. She like... Mm. sees that there is use in this medical facility to actually cure this this entire disease but yeah as part of that it can't just be cure these people that are currently on the ship and stop soldiers from coming here and killing everyone it's well as i understood what she was saying it's other people affected by this disease can come here and we will cure them and we will send them away again so it's you know it's becoming a proper oh, okay. medical station it's a almost yeah a hospital a yeah it's a hospital, hospital. <laughs> damn it <laughs> <laughs> You're right, it's a space <laughs> hospital. But okay. yeah, that, I mean, that means she will have a way off 
Presumably. That's true. And so maybe she does leave. There is an audiobook, by the way, that features Nyssa, Terminus, as in the station, and guess which other four. Uh, I'll give you a hint, if you like. Cybers. Nope. I'll give you a hint. The audiobook is called The Cradle of the Snake. What? The Mara one? Yeah, the Mara. It was the 138th story in Big Finish's monthly range, written by Mark Plaz and featured Peter Davison as the fifth doctor, features Nyssa and Tegan and Turlow. Return of the Mara. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. (laughs) And I only found it because I looked up Terminus to see if it had featured before, if it would feature again, and this is the only thing that came up. Can we talk about Terminus, by the way? About the station? Sure. I have so many questions. A a, a bajillion questions. In fact, hang on, let's see. I've written down just preemptively, and we haven't even touched upon any of these. I've written down one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight questions for you. Uh, And one of them is, can we please discuss what the actual shit Terminus is? And here's why. (laughs) And I'm really hope I'm banking on you being able to answer this because I don't think I understand it myself. Correct me when I'm wrong. Terminus was not created by the Terminus Corporation. It was discovered by the Terminus Corporation, right? Oh, I totally missed that bit. <laughs> okay. And it was capable of traveling through time, as in the actual station itself is a time machine. It can travel through time. Yes. And at some point, it needed to eject a fuel cell. So it traveled back to the beginning of time, aka when the Big Bang occurs, dumped the fuel cell. This fuel cell (laughs) dump caused the Big Bang. It travels back to the future or, you know, quote-unquote, our time. The Big Bang has at this point happened, and, yeah. And then it has to dump a fuel cell again, or the same fuel cell. But if it does it again, it will cause a different Big Bang that will undo everything. But it's not traveling to the beginning of time when it does this. It causes it now. Why do we never find out who built Terminus? And also, this is very similar, I find, to Adric sacrificing himself and creating, you know, uh, mankind, effectively. (laughs) Killing the dinosaurs and setting all the molecules in the right place to create mankind. Interesting parallel. Yeah. So my understanding was that this pilot that's dead in his seat, the poor guy. Right, um, yeah. forgot about him. Maybe, I think maybe the pilot was the one that sent it back in time as a kind of okay. protection measure. Right. But I am not 100% on that. But yeah, I... Otherwise, yeah, I think you're right. Like this, this ship was incredibly advanced. Like Doc even says at one point, like this technology is is like amazing or, or something like that. I can't remember. Which, I mean, from what I'm seeing on screen, I am not buying in the slightest. But you know, the dialogue that they they <laughs> so use, true. it's all backed up. You know, like what it's said yeah. to have done is is yeah, incredible. The shitty control panels. And the amount of levers, and oh, I'm sorry, that my entire... nose just turned into everyone is being outwitted by levers. What yeah. has happened to this story? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, come on. Uh, we, we've got to stay tangent onto this and just stay here for a while because it's it's too fun okay. not to. I mean, you've literally got Doc and uh, I've forgotten her name already, Raider Lady. Right stood there in fr- front of the big countdown lever, the thing that I'm yep. sure would have set Drew off. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like definitely. Big red lever that's just slowly kind of going, kajunk, or uh, who's going to stop me now? Kajunk. Cut <laughs> to 
Tegan and Arsehat in a small corridor trying in vain to turn some piddly leader we, lever we can't even see because it's smaller yeah. than their hands. I don't know. Yep, that's right. <laughs> no. Th- this, this is, is <laughs> on that note, another one of my observations, really bad fake pushing against levers in this serial because both <laughs> of them, like, they're clearly not putting their weight behind this. They're just like, oh! It's so difficult to, to to move this lever. But also, I mean, okay, this is one of my eight introductory questions to you. Couldn't Doc just have disconnected the wires in the first place? Yeah, he could have. I mean, quite it's possibly. A, I mean, it's I'm, a lever. I'm prepared to believe that the thing he disconnected was a more kind of permanent bypass, and that could only happen if the lever was put back or something. Like, otherwise, yeah. maybe it would have caused a different explosion. Fine. Fine. But something is right next to that lever. Like, that lever does something. There's a more, yeah, yeah like, you, there's a different exactly. wire you can pull. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. You could do that. Or you could disconnect the lever entirely. Or you could pull a plug elsewhere. You could do so many things. This lever is not the decisive element. It's the tool by which a decision is later on made within the mechanism that it is attached to. So fuck you, episode, because that is a lever. (laughs) And Doc's like, oh, I can't push it the other way because it's being controlled by the computer. uh, The computer has telekinetic powers, does it? I mean, no, it has... It has electricity and mechanical things. <laughs> this is one of those situations where the tail wags the dog. <laughs> <You know? Yeah. laughs> I'm really sorry, but this computer is controlled by the monitor. <laughs> no, no, you don't understand. <laughs> oh, it just, it really got me quite angry. It's just like, no, this cannot be the big plot point of this storyline. This is so ridiculous. <laughs> Like, so many hand waves I I am fine with. Like, it's science fiction. It's fantasy. Do what the fuck you want, so long as you make it sound cool. (laughs) Don't put a big fucking red lever in and say, no one can touch that because it's computer controlled. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad we cleared that up. (laughs) Oh, dear. Oh, that felt good. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Just getting it out of your system. I don't know about you. I've had a rough week at work. I'm going to be really angry with the cereal. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just rip it one. Come on. <laughs> we can do it. All right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here's another question for you. So in the future, we haven't discovered the whole of the universe, right? Obviously, Doc looks at a map and he goes like, oh, this is a, a map of the known universe. Yeah. But so we found the middle of it? <laughs> it's the middle of the known universe. Yeah, we... Um... <laughs> We somehow Not just the went middle of the known universe. We found the middle of the whole universe, but we've yeah. only... No, we met... weren't... Assuming these people are human? Actually, I have no idea who they are. Are they human? I don't think we find out. I, I mean, maybe. No. Maybe. Whoever these people are that made the map, be they be the humans or whatever, they had a, the equivalent of a compass. They went straight to the center of the universe, and then they started mapping oh. it from there. <laughs> That makes that makes a, a ton of sense. Yeah. I, I'm with you on this one. And also, I'd forgotten that it was their map and not Mankind's map or the Raiders' map or whatever. Yeah, I think it was it was Terminus's map. I don't know. Everyone seemed to be fascinated yeah. every time they saw it. I think Doc Doc went back a couple of times. He's like, does anything look odd about this map to you? <laughs> and it's like, I mean... No, it's a map of space. By the way, yeah. <laughs> so this is this map is... Like, let's say it's on a 15-inch screen. It's not even... It's on a 13-inch screen. It's on a 13-inch pre-high-definition screen and terminus is located within a circle and that circle is like roughly thumbnail sized that circle would be like 
7,000 billion galaxies large. You know, it's, <laughs> we're not talking about, boop, it's the space station. We're talking about more space than we today on Earth know exists. Quite, yeah, quite probably. Yeah, that's a shit map. <laughs> That's like, you are uh, oh, here. hang on. Oh, oh, great. Yeah. I'll, um, I'll yeah. just jump straight in my car. I know exactly where it is. Now. Exactly. It's the equivalent of like, I'm in the middle of Hyde Park and I'm trying to get uh, my buddies. Uh, oh, hang on. Wait, guys, could you drop me a pin where you are in WhatsApp? They drop a pin and it just shows me a picture of the Milky Way. It's like, great. I'll be right there. <laughs> Okay, I've got a question for you. Hit me. It's a stupid question, but it, it bothered it. me. Okay, why does Turlo have to use Adric's old room in this was the fucking basic infinite sized TARDIS? I, this is, I should you not, this is another one of my eight, eight introductory questions. And the reason for that is that didn't we like two or three serials ago get to see that the Doctor has kept all of the previous companions' rooms? Ooh, that Wasn't it like a corridor and like, oh, here's uh, Susan's room and there's uh, Ian's room and Bab's room and wasn't like didn't he keep all those rooms I think you might be onto something yeah I can't remember it very clearly right. but that does ring a bell so I think Doc just gives as few F-bombs about Turlo as he did about Adric I was like you know what <laughs> You guys can keep the same room. And when Tolo eventually leaves, Doc is just going to put someone else in there. This, yeah, you go and stay in that room. This is the one that I, I slowly release a, a drug into. That I either kill you or will reduce <laughs> your asshole level to a degree where you're tolerable. <laughs> it, no, it just seals it up. <laughs> <laughs> and then he feeds you beans until you explode. Oh, dear. Oh, God. <laughs> Yeah, how did you feel about the opening of this in the TARDIS? Like, if mostly just, you know, Tegan and Turlo for a while? Yeah. I mean, there are a lot of points there that slightly annoy me. Looking past that, though, the TARDIS bits have a lot of potential. The Black Guardian's still around. Turlo has clearly infiltrated the TARDIS. Like... It almost feels like, you know what, they're setting up this serial to be a PSA about not picking up hitchhikers because you don't know who they are and you can't trust them. Yeah. But Did then you do, you like feel like, do you feel like the serial shat all over that by having Turlo just stuck in a, uh, what's the word, vent uh, with Tegan through most of it and basically the whole Black Guardian thing was just badly used? Yeah, it's wasted, I think. Yeah. I agree with you. I think it's totally wasted. I, I, the, I do. I, I get what you're saying. I think I think that first bit, like, I would have been happy actually if they did a lot more of that, of just Turlo in the TARDIS with Tegan being suspicious and maybe seeing some interaction with the three well, all, all of the TARDIS people, basically. Um, but, you know, Doc is very absent through that first segment. That's true. And Turlo is able to just sabotage the TARDIS to the point where it's it goes into emergency mode. So it, it's like... It... <laughs> It's so incredibly easy to kill the Doctor and Team TARDIS, it seems, that it annoys me that Turlo doesn't succeed. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I'm glad that he doesn't, obviously, but it it annoys me that he's made it aboard the TARDIS, he manages to uh, sabotage it, and by all accounts, that should be enough. He should just be able to maroon Doc on this space station 
And then, I don't know, like, I don't, you know, he, he has multiple op- opportunities to get back on the TARDIS and leave. In fact, he does get back on the TARDIS, but he doesn't leave. He should just leave, find himself a nice, juicy asteroid and point it at Terminus. Or grab a laser from somewhere, point it at Terminus. At this point, Doc is marooned there. Freaking hell. Just leave. Or just leave in the TARDIS, steal the TARDIS, and then, you know, the next two or three serials can be about how the Doctor needs to find the TARDIS and trick Turlo into getting it, giving it back to him. Okay, I'm about to do the unspeakable and I'm going to defend Turlo okay. here because... Do it! None of that is Turlo's fault. It's fine, even O.J. Simpson had a lawyer. Sorry, go for it. <laughs> well, I'm only going to really defend sorry. him by saying someone else is guilty. Like, that's not Turlo failing. Like, Turlo does want to leave. Turlo tries to basically go in the TARDIS on two occasions, I think. And it's the Black Guardian every single time who says, no, go back in there, get hands on. I I want you to basically hit the Doctor with a rock. I don't care about some elaborate scheme of blowing up some space station that no one gives a shit about that I could do in my sleep. No, I want you to stay there and hit it with a rock. Yeah, with your crude physical hands. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah, yeah, no, the first time round, everyone, everyone leaves the TARDIS and goes into Terminus, including Tegan, because she hears, like, uh, I think the, the Garm, like a wolf, kind of space wolf sound. And oh, she's maybe. worried for the Doctor, so she leaves. And Wait, is the Garm a wolf to you? Oh, sorry. Yeah, he ended up being a rat, didn't he? I think he's a rat because it's a plague ship yeah. and like there are rats aboard it or something. I think he looked a bit wolf-like and then I didn't let that go. And then you I kind of right decided though. maybe it was a bit rodenty. I don't know. But either way, the mm. everyone is on Terminus apart from Turlo and he's basically hobbering around to nick the TARDIS and it's the Black Guardian that kicks him out and then whisks the, um, the chair away that's been propping up the door and is like, no, you go yeah. in there and get, get the job done. And then second time around, he zaps him with the crystal, doesn't he? And he's like, nope, you can't stay in the TARDIS. You've got to get back there, grab a rock, but get it done. It does seem, doesn't it, that the Black Guardian could just blow up Terminus himself. If he can, from wherever he is, detonate the crystal or, you know, send out some sort of energy shockwave from the crystal or whatever it is, pull the chair away. By the way, best chair throw ever. Uh, (laughs) If he's able to do those things, couldn't he also maybe even just push the lever? If we ignore the fact that the lever is just a freaking lever, like, wouldn't he be able to push the lever to speed up that countdown, for example, or... I mean, maybe he doesn't want to destroy the universe. (laughs) Okay, then I don't, know. don't do that. But couldn't he, at the very least, you know, open an airlock? Do that. Couldn't he do that? I mean, he could do so many things. If he can, if he can move that chair out of the door, there are yeah. so many things he could do to kill the dog. Exactly, it's insane. Like we, um, we kind of left the last review. I feel basically saying, you know, this. This whole Black Guardian Turlo thing needs to evolve. The fact that Doc has let Turlo join the TARDIS, there needs to be some kind of revelation that Doc knew that Turlo was an alien and all this kind of stuff. And we don't get it. We don't get anything in this serial to do with that plotline that is satisfying. It's all still shit, (laughs) in my opinion. It is, yeah. So where do you stand now in terms of Doc knows about Turlo or Doc doesn't know about Turlo? I mean, I think you have to... Well, I find myself having to fall on the side of Doc is a moron. Like, (laughs) he... Everyone seems to accept that Turlo's an alien now, but he's let Turlo just walk freely around the TARDIS, even to the extent that Tegan is like showing him his room, and Tegan's the one that's being wary of him. Yeah, she's the only clever one here. Yeah, 
There's one line at the very end when um, Tegan shows up, right before Nissa walks up to Tegan and goes, hey, i got to tell you something. For no reason, my lawyer's written me out of this thing. Like, whatever it is, Tegan shows up and Doc is really angry with her for having gone to look for, for them. And yeah. at that point, I did wonder, ah, wait, hang on. Could it be that Doc didn't want uh, Turlo to be left on his own in the TARDIS? He wanted Tegan to keep an eye on him. And now that she's there, that means Turlo's got the TARDIS and Turlo's actually going to leave. And now they are stuck on freaking Terminus. But then they're not because Turlo's just still there. And Doc doesn't seem to... like. There is zero suspicion on Doc's part, is my point. Yeah. I mean, I kind of like that as a, as a theory. But I mean, this is if if it turns out that, you know, there's going to be something where Doc has suspected stuff all along. It's like the biggest gambit in history. Like in terms of right. like television weeks. Like I think they were doing two a week at this point. So these Oh really? Um these two serials, that's months worth of television to say Yeah. Like the Black Guardian has had this alien pretending to be a kid put under his influence to try and kill the doctor. Doc is showing no awareness whatsoever for a month and then something is maybe gonna turn around. Like I don't know. It's just Yeah. And never really ever goes sell. Right, so I know we've established that you're an alien, but like so what were you doing on Earth? Just ask the question, yeah. dude. Yeah, there's not actually that many aliens on Earth. Like, it's it's yeah. a legitimate thing to go, how the fuck did you get here? <laughs> yeah, and where are you from? Yeah. Exactly. But yeah, I'm I'm not going to be satisfied if they decide to explain this away somehow, and I'm fully expecting them not to explain it away, and so be even <laughs> less satisfied. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> I just... I don't understand why they've tried to make a kind of trilogy of this Black Guardian stuff when they don't give a shit enough to like actually make it the main emphasis of the story. What was it like in the Key to Time? Were there not a couple of episodes that were like, oh, you know what, this doesn't have to be a Key to Time episode? They've kind of ham-fisted yeah. that in. That was probably true, but I think at least with that, they're like the Mandalorian style of we've got this task to do, and oh look, true. we've ended up on a new planet, and oh yeah. there have been some troubles along the way, but you know we reach our goal in the lo- in the final scene, and okay, we continue with the key, and you can let that that's, aside that's a bit more. That's an excellent comparison. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> um, <laughs> but if, I mean, you put a uh, attempted murderer in the TARDIS as a companion. I mean, yeah, make that. The focus, surely. <laughs> Tolo does, towards the end, show a bit of reluctance towards the Black Guardian. He says something like, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm not going to play ball. You kill the doc and just blame me for it. Is that what he said? I, I, yeah. I got so the, what does um, that mean? Yeah, that's a really weird line. Yeah. And I wonder if it's because Turlo knows something or if it's just that Turlo's being a lazy git and he doesn't want to kill the doctor. Because <laughs> like, oh, I've got better things to do. I want to play with myself and redecorate this <laughs> shitty room. But why the use of blame? That's I'm really confused by that, actually. Exactly. Maybe he knows that the Black Guardian could actually do this himself if he wanted to. Oh, yeah, I don't know. But why okay. Why would the to- Black Guardian want to blame Turlo for it? Like, is the Black Guardian then going to turn around and say to Tegan, the remaining companion, oh, Turlo killed the Doctor? I mean, what would be the end game there? <laughs> That's a good question. I don't, I don't know, dude. I was asking you. <laughs> <laughs> That's how confused I am about it. I just had to ask it back to you. (laughs) Okay, totally different uh, subject. Totally different question. At one point, 
one of the companions is leaning against a door and um, all these plague, not zombie arms, that's what I've written in my notes, but like at one point all these arms go out, grab her, trying to pull her in. Yeah. Is that Tegan or is that Nyssa? That is, I think, Tegan. I do have a note. Exactly. Um, yeah. That's my recollection as well, because Draco Malfoy's fluffer rescues her, but she never gets the plague. Nyssa gets the plague. So are we both misremembering and is that actually Tegan or is this a tiny little plot hole. Hmm. Exactly. Yeah, I've got a note saying, the door slides open, Tegan gets grabbed by lots of mummy arms, is what I saw. Boom. Uh, she escapes. Boom. And then, yeah, the door just slides closed again. <laughs> yeah, and she doesn't get the plague, weird. even though they do touch her, and Doc on numerous occasions says, don't touch them because you'll be infected. Yeah, I do wonder if it was, it was maybe needs to be a bit more than touch. Because there was, so there was a point Nissa where get it? Nissa, I don't know how Nissa gets it, to be fair. But isn't there a point where she's trying to, like, attack the thug guy, whose name I forgot, Valgard? Valgard! Like, he's basically trying to capture her or, or something. And I think she's got a cut on her hand, and she like goes, "Oh look, you know, it's it's a cut." Yeah, on her finger. And then, yeah. and then she like, oh, "Is this the slowest uppercut that you you mentioned in the intro?" I'm not sure. Maybe I don't remember when she gets that cut, but the slowest uppercut is, I think it is her against Valgard. Yes, it must be that scene where she's just sort of, she's basically like pushing up his face. Yeah, and he falls over. It's like, oh, buddy. Because <laughs> until he fell over and it looked like a punch, I was thinking that was her trying to infect him it was like ah oh. take my infected blood and yeah oh interesting i love it but yeah that was the only thing that was the only thing that kind of made me think maybe it was a, a less invasive plague than just pure touching but i yeah that isn't a real thing because i think she is meant to have punched him i, I mean i i agree with you <laughs> <laughs> Cool. I'm glad that I wasn't misremembering then. Okay, how does Nissa get infected? Come on, there must be something. Is there radiation? Is there the... I mean, there's a point about the radiation is getting to her and actually maybe is the disease caused by radiation? Is this form of leprosy somehow tied to the radiation? I think I think they try and explain it that way at some point. It's like the engine is being damaged and it's, yeah, it's, it's basically the cause of the plague, but then... That doesn't make any sense because these people were brought here on a spaceship. From elsewhere. And if that were the case, then maybe just fix the engine and you don't need a doctor. (laughs) Yeah, and how yeah radiation doesn't work that way and i don't know like the whole thing about radiation there's one point where olvir has beaten up valgard and valgard's yeah. lying there trying to trying to convince him that he's a nice guy now which i kind of liked like it's it's so so badly done that it's like good in a way i agree yeah i love that like, bit. yeah i like but, that the rat is behind him oh god is just, that what you're getting at? I'm sorry. So, no, no. That I mean, that is ridiculous. Yeah, the the, the Garm just goes and grabs Nissa and just walks off while Olvera is just like, ah, yes, I I've won this battle. Yes, off to save the maiden now. <laughs> oh shit, she's gone. <laughs> No, there was another moment where there's a a gun that's just like a little bit too close to the radiation soaked engine, and it's like, oh no, you know, you you don't want to get within a meter of the the engine, oh, yeah. you'll die. Oh, but two meters is <laughs> but okay. I can be over here. Oh, that's great. That's that's awesome stuff. Yeah, I'll um <laughs> I'll just stay here then. <laughs> 
He clearly buys into it, by the way, because, as in, he clearly buys into it himself, because the gun is close to the engine, and he uses his spear, or whatever it is, to grab the gun off the floor. He doesn't want to go that close to the engine to pick up the gun. Yeah. Well, I mean, I I took what he was saying to be truthful, or at least he believed it. Oh, no. Wait, yeah, sorry, you're right. You're absolutely right. Because you've also got... Oh, um, I take it back. I'm so sorry. This idea of the Forbidden Zone... And Boar goes down there. I have no idea why he wanders off down that way, but you know he becomes the kind of wise old sage. And but then he comes back with God knows like radiation burns on half his face or something. Fuck knows what happens to him. Um, Yeah, I mean that is it. Like part of the station has had some sort of radiation leak, and they've sealed it off, and that's why that's the forbidden zone. You're not allowed to go in there because if you do, you're going to die. And the only person who can actually survive the radiation is is the rat, the gom. And we never find out anything about the gom, by the way. Like, the, no. Everyone there is possibly a human and has been brought in as slave labor, but then there's this gigantic rat person who speaks English and is a nurse or a doctor. He's got band-aids. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if I would go that far. I mean, he's just capable of carrying in people and putting them in a room. But Valgod says, oh, yeah, yeah, the gom is healing her. That's what he does. He heals people. But isn't it, I don't know, wasn't the room that held her? I don't know. Was he meant to have done oh, something and then she was recovering in that room? I don't it was weird. You know what? You're right. You're probably right. Like the fact that you you are put, placed in this room means that you you will heal because it's like a it deradiates you. But that's yeah, the gom's job, I guess. So they, <laughs> yeah. What? I want to know more about this dude. Where I mean, did he learn too. English? <laughs> Why is he there? How is he controlled by a machine? What is the signal that controls him? Computer says yes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. <laughs> I did kind of like when Doc uses the box to summon him. I, I don't actually remember how the hell they knew that box would summon the Garm. But anyway, summons the Garm and then they're at the, the gateway of the Forbidden Zone. And Doc's like, oh, now how do we convince the Garm to help us? And he just goes, oh, it's all right. I speak English. Just talk to me, dude. <laughs> You've already <laughs> pressed the button. <laughs> I'm your dude. <laughs> Yeah, it's so weird. And then, I mean, Doc frees the Garm, he destroys the machine at the end, and then we don't find out anything else about the Garm, but like cut to the Garm going, ah, finally I'm free, now I can return to my habit of diddling miners and reading up on the Kardashians. Like, you establish this as a good guy, you don't know anything about him, he's a fucking monster! (laughs) Quite possibly. (laughs) Yeah! And like a also, sequel to this could be Alien, where they're like, it's now about Nyssa and a bunch of slightly decrepit gods or soldiers. They've all, they're all still in recovery, and they're on board this <laughs> this space station with a freaking rodent monster that's picking them off one by one. <laughs> Sorry, that would I be more you. interesting. What that that should be the serum. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it should be Alien. <laughs> Um, I was going to jump on the questioning the Garm as being, well, good as a character, I suppose, more than anything. Because it's, it's also another instance where this is someone talking in a costume. Please stop this. <laughs> no. Oh, really? I loved it. His voice was just ridiculous. Did you not think? <laughs> I loved it. I loved every little bit about that chap. He was amazing. The, it, I, I was almost convinced that he couldn't open his mouth or, you know, speak or move his mouth until he spoke. Because I thought that was just like, oh, 
that's where the the actor inside the mask looks out of. And then when he starts speaking and the mouth is moving, it, like, it climaxed. It was incredible. <laughs> so what do you what do you dislike about this dude? This just guy ridiculous. grows up to like lead the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. He's freaking Splinter. He's amazing. Oh my god, he is Splinter. <gasps> <laughs> Mind blown. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Wow. I'm sorry, I keep talking over you. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Oh no, I think I think we got it all out. It was yeah, I couldn't stand the fact that it was so obvious this person was speaking from inside a costume. Did it you like the ridiculous. glowing red eyes? No, not really. <laughs> oh, I thought you had a heart. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I loved it. I just didn't like that we didn't get an explanation for him. I bo- I both I have notes that are Oh my OMG, the GOM with like four or five exclamation points. And later on, I just have the GOM. Uh, what? Question mark, question mark. Like, as many question marks. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that sounds about right. I think it's just an unfortunate thing with this serial in general. I mean, why do we have the Raiders come in? Why did yep. they get abandoned? Why do we have... I mean, the leader of the guards, and the guards are called the Vanir or something? Oh, yeah. Oh, right. I mean, what is the point? We only need basically two or three guards to to make this serial work even that's fine i mean even boar is a little bit superfluous but i wouldn't cut him because he's fabulous um you need boar valgard and one random other to flesh out the numbers but you know why do we have this idea of a leader that isn't valgard who i don't know they're making up some kind of i mean you talked about this earlier really i'm just kind of rehashing the point but it's just totally unnecessary and i didn't yeah. give a shit at the start the middle or the end i mean i don't even remember why there's a disagreement between these different gods i mean they seem to claim at some point that the leader guy with the red cape is like withholding the medicine i guess that keeps them alive like he's Mm. he's the one that's kind of like dosing it out like it's it's not his to give away it's come like as a shipment every every so often from the company yeah, and then it's it's kept under lock and key. Yeah, but other than that, it's just like I don't know. I, I kind of liked him as as an actor though. Like I liked the character he was playing, and it, I would have been happy if he was the main person, like he, if he was the Valgard character. But he's not. He's barely in it. And then yeah, this whole coup thing at the end. Like I mean, Doc and I think it's Tegan uh, stood in the background as like, oh okay, uh, we don't want to be part of a coup. We'll just leave you to it, shall we? And it's just yeah, that's how I feel. Like I don't want to be part of the coup. Why is it on my screen? No, just. <laughs> Take that away, please. <laughs> Since you mentioned yeah. the medicine, that's brought something else to mind. That I mean, that there's this whole infrastructure in place to disseminate the medicine on Terminus, to send these consignments of, of vials so that the guy whose name I don't even remember, not Valgard, can then disseminate it among his men. I, I think maybe we're looking past something that's quite important, and that is, this is not a deadly plague. There is a drug for it. There is medicine. I, it's just that that medicine is a rarity on Terminus. But I mean, there is medicine. I don't know if it was seen as a kind of prolonging mechanism. Like they, All of the guards, I think, had moments where they were like talking about they were basically there forever and it was a death sentence and they were slaves and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. I don't think it was a cure. Like maybe if you took this medicine in enough doses, you could live a normal life. So what do they do on Terminus? Move mummy people around, (laughs) apparently. So why is it even there? You know, I mean, like, why does this infrastructure exist? I yeah, that bit I have no idea about. 
Like, why why would you have a facility where you let plague people turn up and then just, and just do die. nothing with them? And yeah. do nothing, yeah, exactly. We don't want plague people, whom we can cure, by the way, because we have this drug, or we can at least treat them because we have this drug. We're going to put them on a spaceship, send them to a station that is part of some mythical, ancient <laughs> civilization, and we're just going to let them die there. What do they eat? Are there plague people? What do they do? Do they manufacture <laughs> something? Do they... <laughs> You know, what is the point? I don't understand the point of this entire facility and, by proxy, this entire serial. <laughs> yeah. It, is, it, it kind of feels like one of those like old sci-fi movies or, or stories where you would get some random protagonists walking around an abandoned station and they would uncover things about the society and, oh my god, you know, it was people all along or whatever. But because we've yeah, got these angry. guards here that are just being mostly shit and taking up airtime... Like that kind of intrigue doesn't exist. It's more you're just left with questions. It's like, no, like like you say, like why aren't they giving out this plague? Why is why is this guy who knows he's a slave being an asshat in the way he's controlling the dissemination of the medicine? Why is yeah. the other guy acting like a thug and wanting to overthrow him? Why do they have any kind of structure whatsoever if they all agree they've been abandoned by the company that they supposedly work for and are basically exactly. slaves? I, I don't know. There's just so many questions. What is it that Terminus wants from them in order to provide them with more drugs? Like, if we don't do this, Terminus won't send more drugs. Yeah, but, like, I mean, they, they don't need to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You don't perform any function whatsoever. <laughs> I, I'm really yeah. curious about the world that the Lazars, the plague-infected people, left. I, I'm curious about that. Like, who put them on a ship? What were they doing beforehand? What's that entire world like? Very curious about that. Uh, by the way, bit of trivia, uh, Lazar is an archaic word for leper. Oh. I didn't know. Found this from, uh, found out about this from IMDb, derived from the biblical figure of Lazarus. Okay. So I guess one, one bit of nomenclature that doesn't derive from Norse mythology, but I swear to crap, podcast land, a lot of these names come from Norse mythology. I mean, yeah, Wikipedia has a brief thing saying that the veneer, the guards, are references to the veneer of Norse mythology, and Garm mm -hmm. is the guard dog of hell. Oh, but, dog. God dog. Yeah. So maybe he is a wolf. I mean, I feel like they've just used names in this serial. I mean, none of it crosses over, does it? I mean, the, the veneer no, are true, meant to be... A group of gods associated with health, fertility, wisdom, and the ability to see the future. I mean, that doesn't fit with these guards. Uh, no, that's true. And Garm is not guarding hell. He's ugh, either a doctor and a nurse, well, like you say, of, or I mean, he's... he's uh, He's parading around the Forbidden yeah. Zone. That could be a version of hell. I mean, in a, in a way, all of Terminus is hell. Terminus, the end station as well, the, the final stop. I mean, I'm all for taking older source materials, especially, you know, Norse mythology or whatever, and trying to package it up as a, as a new interpretation or something. But yeah, I'm not buying that this is an interpretation of any Norse mythology. This is just no, not right. some <laughs> names have been attached to something and one of the characters looks a bit like a dog if you squint. Otherwise, it's a rodent, possibly a werewolf. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> 
Yeah. Uh, what did you think of the? Um, <laughs> I was going to say the look and feel. What did you think of the the look of the various guards and and whatnots? The the visors, the the uniforms, the armor, or whatever it is that they're wearing. What do you what do you feel about? And the raiders, their look. So the raiders. My first note was amazing helmets. Yes, thank you. Almost exactly <laughs> what I've written as well. <laughs> Down to the. They're obviously not doing any kind of thing to protect you. I just spin it around 90 degrees and it will just slide off my head nicely now. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're just like bobbleheads. Um, I, um, I, I think they're detail. gorgeous uniforms. They have capes as well. Yeah, I mean... They are basically the front cover of probably any 50s science fiction magazine. I mean... Oh, definitely. Yeah. Space adventurer, <laughs> don't you know? <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. In fact, what did what I, about I, what the, did I write at one point? Um, my name is Hairdo from the planet 80s. <laughs> oh my goodness, yes. Okay, I, I've got two notes here. My very, my very first note is, has Nissa's hair gone even more 80s? And then a little further down in part one, I've written... OMG, Cape Lady's hair is even more 80s than Nissa's new do. <laughs> I didn't really spot Nissa being a bit different, but um, yeah, I mean, they dialed the 80s up big style with um, the, the space hairdos. Oh, yeah. yeah. A bajillion percent. Loved it. So what yeah, about they, the armor? They, what about the they guards? Were cool. the, the guards, I really loved that armor. I didn't understand for a minute why they had armor that looked like that. But I loved it. Yeah, or <laughs> why they had armor at all. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they claimed it was a radiation suit at some point. But I mean, it really looks like armor. And it sounded like armor. Like it was always making a noise, like clunking around. Apparently, it, there's trivia with that as well. Apparently, that was entirely unintentional. The the chap or the company that made the armor, they weren't aware that they were going to use the armor sort of actively on screen. They didn't know that there were going to be fight scenes, for example. They just thought that they were going to be ornamental and people were going to stand around still in them. Um, and it ended up being really quite costly to use them. <laughs> um, oh, but um, yeah, so, so that kind of explains the noise. I mean, they're like hard plastic or whatever it is that they've got there. Yeah. They do look really cool, though. I, I thoroughly enjoyed them. And I really like that the visors look different from person to person. Like one of the chaps has a little chap on his helmet. Yeah, that was the only detail I picked up on. I I kind of got that they obviously, they looked different, but that was the only thing I noticed as a specific detail. And it was really cool. <laughs> yeah, love it. <laughs> <laughs> You know what they remind me of? I, I, I'm almost certain that they're not made from the same material, but just the look of it reminds me a lot of the superhero that appears in um, uh, The Mind Robber. If you go to whobackone.com and you search for The Mind Robber, hang on, I'm going to find it. Yeah, there you go. It, it's in fact the picture that I chose for The Mind Robber for the episode. The superhero is called The Carcass, K-A-R-K-U-S. Okay. And it's meant to look like muscle, but it's just not, it doesn't look a bit like muscle, <laughs> you know? <laughs> it's the same way that the armor that the gods here use, it's almost as though they're wearing rock hard, well, not rock hard, they're wearing plastic biceps on top of their biceps. Yeah, I, I kind of got a more skeletal vibe, like it was a oh, an actual oh, ex, like it. exoskeleton type feel. Nice. Have you um, seen the Riddick, the Chronicles of Riddick? The bat guys never there, quite like sure. Necromongers I, or whatever they're called. I don't think I've ever watched it all. I think I've like, ah, 
flicking around. This is that Riddick thing. Oh, I watch it. For yeah. 20 oh minutes. no, it's it's a pile of shit. But the bad guys there, I'd have to rewatch it. I mean, no, wait, no one has to rewatch that ever. But I feel like the bad guys there, the necro mongers or the necro whatever they're called, look a little bit like these dudes. I think okay. Judy Dench is in the Chronicles of Riddick. You know what? Yeah, I'm gonna look it up right now. This has nothing to do with this episode, but I'm gonna look it up. Chronicles of Riddick. All right, here, here we are. 2004, the 2004 classic Chronicles of Riddick with Judy Dench. Yeah, Judy Dench is in it, as is Andy Newton, Colm Fior. Christ. Yeah. That film should not have happened. I don't know how Judy Dench ha- happened to be in it. So welcome <laughs> she back maybe to the Riddick podcast. Enjoyed it. <laughs> <laughs> Just because it, it doesn't hold up on screen, maybe she had a lot of fun and a lot of money making it. <laughs> oh, I'm sure she got tons of money making it. And I'm sure she had lovely conversations with Vin Diesel between takes. <laughs> <laughs> As a segue to references to other franchises, did you mm-hmm. like the Indiana Jonesing of um, the Raider Lady and Doc just like sliding under a door as it was closing? No one left oh, a hat yeah. behind or anything. But oh, I didn't make that connection. But yeah, yeah, no, I see what you're saying. Uh, loved it. Totally loved it. It redeems this serial. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's a bit strong. <laughs> Okay, maybe maybe I'm coming on too strong. That you're right, but but uh, no, it was uh, it was nice. It was good. I think this is what I might end up coming down on with my review. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Like there are some really interesting things in here. There are some bits in here I really like, but it's just a mess. Like it is a god awful mess. <laughs> Yeah, unfortunately. We lost the way a little bit, but that, you know, that was where I was going with the the whole Raider thing is like like that is entirely superfluous. You need a couple of characters to make that work. Sorry, not the Raider, the um the guards. The Raiders probably are entirely superfluous. I don't know if No, you're right. You don't need them at like, all. Doc Doc Did, and Tegan could have just been together for the whole thing. Exactly. They materialize on what they think is an empty shape. Turns out it's full of those plague dudes and a robot that we never get to see again. So like maybe we could involve the robot a little bit more. Just just because it's a cool prop. And you're right, we don't need them. Save some time. Yeah. Make this a three episode arc. <laughs> right? Yeah, that better. robot then. Like, yeah. Do, <laughs> do you think that's robot. a prop from somewhere else? Or does it, is this the entire lifespan of that robot on screen is like five seconds? <laughs> that robot was an intern, uh, just stumbled onto screen. No, hang on, I'm going to find out. <laughs> Nope. Only time we get to see it, as far as I can tell. Yeah, pointless. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but what a nice robot, eh? Really nice I robot. Mean, it's got those like grappling bits. <laughs> Great. I did. I did like it. I think in my mind it was a helper robot, so I found it quite comical that it was meant to be terrifying. I think it's. Oh, who is it? Is it Olvir and Nissa that first come across it? And uh, uh, look, know. you know, absolutely in fear at it and run away. Oh, you're right. Yeah. No, you're right. But is that because the robot is there to um, do a deep clean? I mean, the robot grabs Nissa and goes, you're clearly infected. You're coming with me. Doesn't grab Olvir and goes, yeah, you're clearly right next to her, breathing her air. <laughs> and you probably shook hands or hugged or did way more things. The horizontal rumba. And uh, you're coming with me as well. This robot has like four pincers, only uses one of them. It's a waste of yeah. Three pincers wasted. That's my review of this episode. Three wasted pincers. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, it sounds about right. I do also have a point about Nissa. Otherwise, the only thing really remaining on my list is production value. And we've already covered the uniforms, where we haven't talked about the sets. And I think the sets are not always, but they're often really impressive. I love the bridge set, for example. It's so simplistic, it's so basic, but it works. It, it has me convinced. We get the cool doors with the skulls on them, which is really weird and depressing. Yeah, which I felt like didn't fit in with the rest of it. Or like, was that meant to be like the identification of it being a plague ship? Or I think so. Imagine like this. So we never get to see what it's like back on Earth or whichever planet these dudes have come from. Let, let's say it's whatever. Uh, New Earth, Beta, Minor. There's a plague. And they have all these tanks, not tanks, they have all these like containers at the space dock and you have to, they put people in the right containers and those containers go upstairs to the spaceship. Some containers contain plague dudes and they're marked very clearly on the front with, you know, a skull. Other containers, they just contain dicks and there's just a gigantic dick on the door and you don't (laughs) want to put anyone in the wrong container. And this is why when you show up on the plague ship, everything has a massive F off skull on it because, hey, guess what? You're gonna die. So yeah, it's all practical. Others have beach balls, not just dicks, beach balls. Donuts, um, malt liquor, didn't even know it. that sort of thing. Sorry, malt the vodka's liquor. hitting me. Uh, it, <laughs> I'm really sorry. I mean, any tangent from this point on is gonna it, be related to sex. <laughs> <laughs> didn't even make sense, but it, it was hilarious. <laughs> okay, carry on. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Go for it. And please. full disclosure, the whatever you said in the middle, I didn't hear, but I'm sure it was just as fun. Oh, you didn't hear it. <laughs> I made some really great points, man. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, the middle of this podcast, I have no idea what you've been saying. (laughs) Oh, oh, really? No, no, I'm joking. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, why don't we talk about Nissa? Let's do that. Take it away. Uh, Yeah, I I have no idea where to start with this. Like, I'm sad to see her go. I feel like Hmm. it was weirdly a bad serial for her because... I mean, you can make your point. We can have a discussion about she loses her skirt. You know, there is... Oh, I absolutely will make this point. There, You know, there, there's weird things happening to the character and the actress in this serial. She's the damsel in distress, stuff like that. Yeah. But then at the end of it, well, the start, you know, she's portrayed as being the clever scientist that she is. And at the end of it, we get an actual payoff for that. And it's not just that she wants to save the people, it's that she's been cured and has a motivation and a drive, you know, to to go on and, and do this. She stands up to uh what's his chop thug guy, Valgard, whatever. Yeah. Doc is Doc is singing her praises. He's like basically getting her to analyze the the vial of stuff. It's, he says, You're the expert. What do you think? You know, that's incredible. Yeah, but excuse thing. me, that scene is such such utter balls. <laughs> she looks at the vial. She's like, hmm, yeah. All right, cool. Let me just rattle off <laughs> all the chemical components in it. Like you just looked at it. I mean, you don't know what it is. Yes, that that is Gatorade. bollocks. But I don't care. I like. <laughs> <laughs> I I enjoyed. Like I was on a wave of like, oh my god, this is awesome. Like she yeah. she caused the distraction that got them three from the the thug guy. Then she she goes up to him and says, "Look, we could turn this into a proper facility. I don't care that you were just trying to kill my friends. Like, you know, we can do the right thing." Like it's it's yeah. a a real interesting chain of events. And then it's like, "Oh, no, that's it. She's gone." Uh, yeah, I agree. Sad. It's super abrupt. I mean, I, I didn't know. Did you know to expect the, her to leave? 
No, I'd actually somehow managed to miss that spoiler, which was um, yeah, why it was possibly so shocking. Yeah, Same, it, shocking is absolutely the right word. I I didn't know this was coming either, and nothing in the episode leading up to her decision to leave seemed indicative of it. She never has a moment of, oh, you know what, I really, I care so much about other people more than I do about myself and my adventures with the Doctor. Like, there was never that moment that it would call back to where you go, right, I understand this decision. Or, right, you're tired of traveling with the Doctor. Like, if Tegan chose to leave, not here, like, I don't understand why anyone would choose to leave here. But if Tegan chose to leave at any point, I would get it because we've established that she she wants to leave. She's tired of the danger, perhaps, and she wants to go home and yada, yada, yada. I mean, I would have to say I would totally get it if she left here. Like, it would make more sense if Tegan left here because here she she would basically turn to the Doctor and say... What the fuck is Turlo doing here? Either he goes or I go. And yeah, can you do this in an Australian accent, by the way, please? <laughs> um, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fine. <laughs> For some reason, Doc really seems to hate Deacon. Like every time she does anything, he's like, "Yeah, oh, fuck's sake, what what have you done now?" Uh, it's, yeah, um, I made a you teen. Oh, for fuck's sake! <laughs> what, what does he do at the end of this? There is a genuine FFS moment from the Doctor at the end. Hang on, I'm going to find it. Um, all right, here we go. Doc says it'll be good to see the TARDIS again. Nissa adds, and Tegan. And Doctor says something like, "Yes, well, it'll be nice to know she's safe." I mean, that's exactly what he says. I'm reading this from the transcript, <laughs> but it, uh, yeah. Um, that's the way that he says like he does not give a damn about her yeah no this that that was definitely one of the things that made me think that and it's happened in prior serials as well like this is this is my point though she would turn to the doctor and say either turla goes or i go and without missing a beat doc would say see ya exactly yeah and then later (laughs) on turlo would be revealed to be a backstabbing asshole and doc would have a moment of enlightenment where he realizes oh crap the next episode is called enlightenment where he realizes (laughs) oh tegan was right all along she is a better person than i am yeah maybe they can pick her up again it would make more sense. And like this serial You're starts right. with Tegan being annoyed about life on Matardis in a way. Like she's annoyed that yeah. Turlo is there. She doesn't trust Turlo. And we see Nyssa in her element, basically using all the facilities that she is at her disposal in Matardis. So yeah, for this to be Nyssa's exit serial rather than Tegan's is weird. Yeah, it makes no sense. You're right. Yeah. Can we talk about this, Kurt? <laughs> sure. <laughs> because it's the weirdest thing. Is it is, is, it, is it, it not really. absolutely absurd? It's crazy weird that for absolutely no reason whatsoever, she drops her skirt and reveals her underwear, and then for a chunk of the episode, just walks around in her underwear. That seems exploitative. Yeah. Although, the weird thing was, like, is she basically top half walking around in her underwear through the whole thing? Because it, it looks like a, a one-piece thing she yeah, has that's a good on point, underneath. Yeah, yeah wait, that's a super good point. Yes, you're right. She's wearing some sort of i guess underwear onesie and frilly knickers or whatever i I don't know what it is like she's wearing um truck and underwear (laughs) and i guess that's what it looks like i mean it's fine she's not actually wearing underwear on screen but the fact that she takes off her skirt means that she is in we must assume underwear like we, we must assume that she is undressed and it comes entirely impromptu it's abrupt it makes no sense it has nothing to do with the plot 
In the trivia, it says, according to the script, she was feeling ill and trying to loosen the pressure on her stomach, but this is not clear. Uh, and she herself has taken credit for this. You've found the exact same thing, uh, I think we established. How about this? How about I just read out what Sarah Sutton says? This is a quote. I still smile when I remember how the production office kept getting letters of complaints about Nissa being too covered up. So that's why when I left the series in Terminus, I decided to drop my skirt as a parting gesture to all those fans who had written in. Mind you, it caused such a stir at the time, and as I'm still being asked about it when I'm interviewed, I'm not sure it was a wise thing to have done. <laughs> yeah. So Probably to clarify, a whole bunch thing. of yeah, exactly. Like what? So a whole bunch of pervs are writing into the BBC saying, "Oh yeah, you know that." I mean, admittedly, adult woman in brackets who is playing like an adolescent. Her character is an adolescent. She's like a wunderkind, right? She's wearing too many, too much. She's wearing too many articles of clothing. You gotta. I don't know why all the pervs have that voice. They're, they're not even Brits. Um, yeah. <laughs> get it to strip on screen and then she does this and the BBC somehow condones it and it somehow makes it into the serial and either she's lying which is possible just for sensationalism or or someone the director or whoever else for this particular episode someone on the production team for this particular or serial just figured no let's do this because it'll bump the ratings either way it's mega exploitative yeah i mean and it also it doesn't quite make sense like either either it was done as a fan service thing as a sort of joke or if it was or it was done as an intentional thing but you know either either it came from the script and sarah sutton went along with it or sarah sutton improvised something and the or she production put it in the went script. along with it or she put it in the script yeah true the point is that you know it happens it, it is a, a weird scene. Like, I actually interpreted it more that she was, like, feeling hot, like she was feverish. Oh, okay. And um, the first thing she does is take off her... <laughs> she takes off her skirts, and this family show doesn't pan to the sides. We, like, we basically just have a shot of her dropping her skirt. Like, All right, cool, great. That's a gift now <laughs> on certain websites, I'm sure. Yeah. And then um, it's the thing that Doc finds at one point. Like, oh, Nissa was here. <laughs> I'd recognize that skirt anywhere. <laughs> I miss that. <laughs> Wait, yeah. so does she just run around in her truck and underwear for the rest of the serial then? Yes. I I don't know if Doc picks it up and maybe she's wearing it right at the end. But from a, from the point that she's poorly and drops it, like she gets wrapped in a, a leper's coat like everyone else does at, at one point. Yeah. But then she gets King Konged and taken <laughs> off to, <laughs> you know. Love it. <laughs> I, feel, I feel like it's, it's apt, isn't it? <laughs> That's going to be at least half of the one line description of this episode when I drop it. It's going to be like Splinter, King Kong's Nissa, and, and then something else. <laughs> but yeah, I think, I think basically she's maybe a third in her normal outfit with the skirt, a third in her underwear, and a third in a leper coat. I don't know. <laughs> it's super weird. It is. How do you feel about rating this? <laughs> On that note, absolutely. <laughs> and now it is time to rate this. Did we laugh or hate this? Bing bong, bing bong, hey, la 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 la. Ratings. Writer Rooney and Cheesecakes Podcast Land. Welcome to the our ratings section of this uh, podcast episode. I lost the um, finger on tip of nose game, so I'm going first. And I'm going to say, uh, oh, 
what am I going to say? All right, let's start here. Let's start with a doctor. He might be more doctor-like than before, perhaps. He solves some problems, yada, 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 but he doesn't get to show much sass in this serial. I really miss that. Perhaps any sass, in fact, now that I think of it. Tegan is pretty brilliant. She's really growing on me. Nissa No Pants is fab as well, but I don't get why she's leaving. Tolo can take a long walk off a short pier, as far as I'm concerned. I'll be quick about the rest. No, I won't. <laughs> That's where most of my bullet points are. Here's the thing. There are... I'm going to name a number now, and I don't know what they would be right now, but I'll say there are four different plots at work here. And not only do I bet that if you gave me a minute, I could actually name four different plots. I also bet that that's at least three too many. We don't need the Raiders. We don't need the politics. We certainly don't need the end of the universe. That seems super tacked on at the last minute. Who needs either of those things when you have a space plague and a giant rat guy? The problem with smushing this much into a serial, though, is that far too much remains unexplained. I'm sure we've said this on numerous occasions. And and in this case, I don't feel like there's even an attempt made to explain any of it. What's the dealio with the, the GOM? What is Terminus Corp? Who built the Terminus Station? And wait, do we owe all of existence to them? What? Is this actually a statement in defense of pollution and climate change? Because, hey, if you uh, toss your old batteries on the compost, life will spring from it. <laughs> oh, Dag Nabbit, I already mentioned it, but still, like, why or why is Nissa leaving? She had the greatest potential of them all, yet off she plops to be wasted on this crummy space station. I might listen to the audiobook, but let's face it, I probably won't, at least not anytime soon. So, yeah, that's a huge negative, like a, a gigantic negative for me. Plus points, however, for costumes, uh, sets, the foam that they use to seal the hole in the spaceship wall at the start of part one, and that gorgeous shot of the raider ship as we see it going into warp through the cockpit windows. That's, that is stunning. So, 2.0? Ooh, interesting. (laughs) Nice stuff. I mean, like, that's a number I've plucked straight out of my nostril. Um, that's where I found most of my review numbers. Where do you normally get them? Oh, from? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, awesome summing up of stuff. And Thanks. pretty much everything that I agree with and want to say as well. I Okay, I'm going to try and talk about this too. I've sectioned mm-hmm. mine a bit differently. I have basically, let's face it, a big list, which is just things that maybe laugh for the wrong reasons exclaim for the wrong reasons or just general thumbs down i'm uh-huh. just going to whittle through it so we have the whole fact that doc throws a chair at the door to keep it open in the first place this robot which is meant to be terrifying but it's the least terrifying robot ever the garm whatever the fuck that is he is i don't know the fights in general but i think there's a particularly bad one I think it's between Valgard and the Doc. Maybe some other superfluous fights going on around the edges. I forget, but it's it's so god-awful and pathetic. The lepers can't talk. Oh, apart from that one, because there's some plot that Nissa needs to know. So she talks for half a scene. Random scene where Turlo turns to Tegan. If ever you had to kill someone, could you do it? Could you? Not creepy at all. No, this is how you get this person who hates you to like you better. Great work, Turlo. Jesus, fuck. Um, yeah, starting the Big Bang. Uh, no, not as part of this serial, please. Give it some more, you know, decent send-off, grandiose, whatever. Uh, no, just not an underwritten thing in this one of many plot lines. Yeah, the, the thing that we mentioned before about... Oh, I've forgotten his name already. He's Raider Guy again. Uh, knocks out Valgard and then totally fails to notice that Garm is just wandering off with Nissa King Kong style. That's so dumb. Yeah, you're uh, right. 
this whole thing about the radiation is it localized is it the plague inducing thing who knows it's never explained fully to at least for how i understood it is just nonsense and weird the fact that tegan and turlo at the same time as doc and raider lady are being outwitted thwarted by levers I mean, it's just insane. <laughs> that lever. Still gets me so That lever. <laughs> it's the shittest ending. It is. Tegan, like, is trying to stop the launch of something. I, I don't even know. I kind of lost what was going on at this point, whether it was the, 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 the ship was going to, the Terminus was going to fly away and leave the TARDIS behind. I don't know, but Tegan gets very worried that, you know, she's going to get abandoned or whatever. Goes up to the console room, does a little tiny thump on the console, and that stops the launch for whatever reason. No, ridiculous. I forgot about that. The Olvir, Raider guy, whatever, when he's going to rescue Nyssa, like, there is about three separate cuts of him struggling with yet another type of lever, a, a rotating lock on the door, and he keeps covering himself up more and more with the cloak that the guards wear, so by the end of it when he goes in to rescue her he's fully obscured so she can like jump on him as like oh i didn't realize it was you in her underwear in her underwear yeah and straddle him yes um but yeah like why is why is he covering himself up you know is it purely for that weird scene i don't know it's just nonsense um the fact that there is a lock that the Doc wants to open, he would have been able to open with his Sonic. But no, he doesn't have his Sonic anymore because John Nathan Turner fucking hates the Sonic. So Doc has to shoot it open with a laser. No. No, 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 no. Uh, Do you know what he could have used to fix that? Sorry to interrupt. Do you know what he could have used to break open that lock? A lever. A lever. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. I would have I would have actually liked that. I would have liked Levers saving the day. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this would basically be that bit in The Simpsons, like this inanimate carbon rod. It's thwarted us up to now, but now it's our saviour. Anyway. Um <laughs> In bigger terms, these those were all kind of like one-off minor things in some regards, but like there are just too many guards, there's too many plots in general, there's too much Tegan and Turlo stuck under the floor, there's too little Black Guardian plot slash Turlo actually getting anywhere close to killing the Doc, there's too little backstory for anyone for me to give a shit about any of them, there's too little Doc with the companions, he spends most of his time with the Raider lady. There's too little Doc in general. I think maybe this is why he doesn't get a chance to be sassy, because he doesn't do a lot, really. He's just a yeah, true. solving small problem guy, I think, in this this scenario. Um, yeah, with all of that, I was left with a few thumbs up. I really like Boar. Tegan was good when she got to do stuff. Nissa was good when she got to do stuff, rather than just being King Konged. The guard outfits were really yeah. nice. And I kind of liked that the actual serial had a cliffhanger. Yeah. I originally wrote down a 2.1. I have totally taught myself down. (laughs) (laughs) 1.8. Great. (laughs) Apologies. That was such such a ramble. (laughs) No, I loved it. It, uh, Mine was equally as rambly. Love it, love it, love it. Uh, Shall we have a listen to um, Podcast Land and see what they think? Oh, absolutely. Now let's hear from Podcast Land. Max 250, or it would get out of hand. Shazamatron, and welcome to the listener mini section of this podcast episode. We have alluded to it in the past, and Podcast Land, this time we are going to instigate it. We received, in this case, eight 
listener minis. Thank you, everyone who has sent in a mini review for this one. They're, they're really going back. Like one of them was sent in in November of last year. It is August of this year for context. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. What we're going to do today is we are going to read three of these minis in their full splendor. And the other five, we are going to read a little snippet. And we encourage everyone out there in podcast land to go to whoback1.com and read all of these in their full splendor and also to give everyone a massive high five on Twitter. Also, we are aware that some of you may feel discouraged to send in mini reviews in future because of this. We're really, really sorry. That's not our intention. But the thing is, I don't know how long the episode is at this point as you're listening to it, but for context, we recorded almost two hours and it is (laughs) approaching midnight in Berlin already and we've got this and yada, yada, yada. So uh, please bear with us and please, uh, we we hope that you're, you're understanding. So with that said, Let's jump into the very first mini, which comes from... Steven. Steven from Canada. From Canada. <laughs> Hello, Steven. Hello, Steven. Bring out your dead, starts Steven. We've got a plagalicious gem on our hands. This serial is fantastic and really ticks all the boxes for greatness. Cool sci-fi premise? Check. Great writing? Check. Amazing costumes? Check. Fantastic special effects? Check. Jim Henson furries? <laughs> Check. Tear-jerking companion farewell wait? (laughs) Indeed. The idea of the TARDIS crew accidentally arriving on a leper ship is an absolutely genius one. Elements from maritime history are perfect for sci-fi, be it space pirates or hell. Spaceships! These ideas fit seamlessly, (laughs) so there's no doubt that this concept would work. The costumes are beautiful. I especially love that vintage sci-fi look the Raiders had. Capes, knee-high boots, big bubble helmets. It's like it's straight out of a Flash Gordon or Buck Rogers comic. Love it. I I totally miss the knee-high boots. Yeah, me too, by the way. The effects look great. I especially love the mummified pilot, but I cannot go without mentioning the fantastic miniature sets. Nice. Oh, Nissa, I'm gonna miss ya. <laughs> Currently my favourite of the Davison companions. While I'm sad to see her leave, her departure was handled very well. The reactions of the rest of the TARDIS team was so touching. If I hadn't run out of tears this morning cutting onions, I would have cried watching it. Aww. And Stephen concludes, this story will be the second I officially bestow the highest honour I can. The fabled five load-bearing folding chairs out of five. (laughs) 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 Ah, nice stuff. (laughs) You have a huge heart, Stephen. Absolutely enormous. (laughs) I love that. Load-bearing chairs. (laughs) Thank you very much, Stephen. People of Podcast Land, you will be very pleased to learn that Stephen from Canada has a Twitter account now. You can find him at S for Stephen, Andreechen. That's Andreechen with a Y. <laughs> Thank you very much, Stephen. Thank you, Stephen. Who's next? Doom, doom, doom. Kelly doom, from Australia. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. Hello, Caleb from Australia. 
Hello, Caleb. <laughs> hello, hello, Caleb. Caleb starts. Hey, hey, hello. It's a good way to start. Hey, hello. The opening sequence of the TARDIS merging with the plague ship offers some standout imagery. I also enjoyed the back and forth between Tegan and Turlo, with Tegan's rightful skepticism of him fitting her hard-boiled character. Yeah. Oh. Can't say I'm the biggest fan of the repetitive music. It pales in comparison to Roger Lim's later work. I didn't make a note of the music at all, I confess. Likewise. Yeah, did not pay it the attention it probably deserved. Hmm. Caleb continues, the direction by Mary Ridge is in some areas pacey, and in others as flat as roadkill. This likely being due (laughs) to her dislike of the episode's production. That's possible. I also read that this production was absolutely fraught with problems like with the electricity there was a problem with the union there were like it, it, this was like the scottish play yes i even read that they had to re-record some stuff like oh really yeah. oh yikes uh, anywho, Caleb continues, Regarding the sets, I see what they were going for, but they weren't grungy enough. The skull-adorned interiors of the plague ship were nice, but I found many of the rooms on Terminus had too much negative space. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, right. Mm. Certain shots are laughable. Nissa being oh-so-slowly taken away by the sanitation robot with all the refusing to help was so bizarre. Not to mention when Nissa is taken for the second time by the Garm, all the screams Vanessa while facing directly away from her. P.S. If you look closely, you can see his brain dribble out of his nose. <laughs> <laughs> nice one, Caleb. Nissa choosing to stay behind to help aid the plagued people fits her character well and puts her skills to good use. I found the exit understated and melancholic. A good send-off. Hmm. The story is quite interesting, yet there isn't enough atmosphere to highlight said plot. For being such a mixed but nonetheless charming bag, Caleb would rate Terminus 3 out of 5. Mm-mm-mm. That's right, I second that. Very nice, Caleb. Stuff. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thank you, Caleb. Yeah. Clearly paying more attention to certain aspects of this serial than we were. <laughs> Direction, music, <laughs> yeah. negative space. <laughs> Thank you very much, Caleb. Who have we got next? Next up, wow, I'm glad you asked, because next up we've got three, two, one. Tracy, Tracy from, from America. America. <laughs> I mean, that sounded so perfectly in sync to me, which again means it's not. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Hello, Tracy. Hello, Tracy. <laughs> Tracy starts, most of this serial is an above-average science fiction tale of mystery, mistrust, and mismanagement with a wolf genie. (laughs) I like how the story unfolds and how they split the team up. Note, the alien raiders have fantastic 80s hair and makeup. Agreed. And noted. Character stuff. (laughs) Doc 5. He has no sense of direction. Getting lost in corridors seems to be a thing for him. I'll explain later. Drink. I'm not quite sure about this. Is is Tracy establishing (laughs) a drinking drinking game? game. I forgot about that. That, No, that's absolutely a drinking game. I I forgot. I'm so sorry, Tracy. (laughs) (laughs) Will you put the guns away? Please. I'm constantly in awe of his gentleness. Uh, Oh, that wasn't gentle. Sorry. (laughs) As response to violence. Tegan and Turlo. I found the first episode character interactions interesting. Tegan can sense Turlo is not acting quite right. Wait a second. Aren't you you not even supposed to look at the TARDIS heart? Turlo touches it. All right. I mean, since when was that the TARDIS heart as well? This tiny thing under the console? Anyway. Well, doesn't the Black Guardian say that? Doesn't he actually use that term? 
what you've got in your hand is the heart of the TARDIS. I, yeah, it's referred it's referred to. It just yeah, just struck um, me as yeah. Maybe he just shit. means it's from the middle bit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anyway, uh, Tracy continues. For some reason, it's this serial in which I finally like Nissa. Maybe it's because we see she's sufficiently tough to only shriek. When there's an effing explosion behind her. Maybe it's because she cuts to the quick of the situation and discards her skirt, disregarding modesty for comfort as she's dying anyway. Maybe it's because she decides to stay behind and meet a need she sees she's highly qualified for, sacrificing her TARDIS adventures for pure humanitarian pursuits. Nissa's a goddamn hero, thank you very much. Agreed, and totally wasted here. <laughs> <laughs> Tracy concludes with the following rating. Moving right along, where's the Black Guardian's feathers? Still stuck here by Tether? Will Turlo serve in any weather? Exactly. Clear as mud. That's a lovely poem to end on. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you very much, Tracy. Uh, People who are not Tracy can follow Tracy online. Tracy can be found at Yekarniatnuf. That's Fountain Tracy backwards. Almost. Thank you very much, Tracy. Thank you, Tracy. So we are moving along, and with the remaining ones, we will, uh, as I said, we're going to read a little excerpt, and uh, obviously you all get a shout-out, but please, Podcast Land, go and read these in the full splendor. Next out the gates, we've got Kieran Evans. Hello, Kieran. Hello, Kieran. Kieran rates this as follows. This one is so dumb and grim, it is rather off-putting, even if the actual production is fairly decent. And he gives this 2.2 out of 5. Hmm. A very Uh, in our range rating. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Solid rating, Kieran. Podcast Land, read Kieran's review on the website and afterwards high five Kieran on Twitter. Kieran can be found at KJ Evans. Watch him. That's right. Thanks, Kieran. Thank you, Kieran. Next up, who we got? It's Ed Corbet. Hello, Ed Corbet. It's Ed Corbet or Ed Corbett. It's one of those. That's right. It's Ed. Hello, Ed. (laughs) Hello, Ed. As part of his review, Ed notes about how the companions are being treated in the Davison era and ends with that it seems not the best time to be a companion. Yeah. Good, good point. And uh, in regards to the serial as a whole, Ed gave this 2.4. Which is another solid rate. I mean, they're all solid ratings, but yeah, sheer bias is speaking here. Solid rating, Ed. Nice one. Also, love the Barbarella reference. Mm-hmm. Yes, Ed uh, yeah. did submit an awesome review, so of course you should go to Hubak Wen and read the whole thing. In its what, Leon? Full splendor. Why, of course. <laughs> Thanks, Ed. Thanks, Ed. Who's next? <laughs> Why, it's the Zoonmeister himself, Peter Zunich. What up, Peter? Hello, Peter. Peter's also obviously submitted a wonderful mini as always and concludes with the following. Overall, I really like Terminus, even if it's a little slow. For me, it just works. Everything that is, except for those helmets. (laughs) And Peter gives this a 3.8. Huge, huge, gigantic heart from Peter Zunich. Thank you very much, Peter. Thank you, Peter. And obviously, go read the whole of Peter's review on whobatwen.com. You'd be stupid not to. I'll be really cross with you if you don't. Next up, we've got Paul wearing. What's he wearing? Go and ask him. (laughs) Paul summarizes thusly. Overall, Terminus is a solid middle-of-the-road story from me. And Paul gives this... 3.5 
3.2 out of 5. Yeah, we're still in the threes here. This is good stuff. Good stuff. Thank you very much, Paul. People who are not Paul, you know what to do. Read his mini in its full splendor on whobackone.com and please high five Paul and tell him hi from us. He can be found on Twitter at what, Jim? Pwaring. That's right. That's that's correct. Yeah. Thanks, Paul. Thank you, Paul. Next up, last up. Who is it? It's that chap known as Tan Six Fingers. What up, Tans? A.K.A. Ben O'Neill. Hello, Hello. Tans. You'll have to go to whobackwhen.com to read Tans, many including the likes and dislikes. It's fantastic, and I love it. And I also would like to extend a little thank you to Tan Six Fingers, who, separate to his mini, sent us a an email we just found with some suggested topics in case we uh, missed out on them. And I think we covered all of them, actually. I think so. Mostly, at least. So uh, thank you very much, Tans. In terms of Tans Mini, we're just going to read the the last bit of it, which happened to be a dislike, but I think is probably worthy um, of its inclusion, because it says, This was not a very good final serial for Nyssa. While the send-off was worthy of her, the first three parts were poor, with her being captive and barely conscious. It's very true. Is very it's super duper valid. And Tans gives this 2.2 out of 5. Solid rating from Tan Six Fingers. How many fingers? Six. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Thank you very much, Tan Six Fingers, aka Ben O'Neill. People who are not Tan Six Fingers, aka Ben O'Neill, should go to whobagwan.com, read this in its full splendor. It is a freaking amazing mini. And not just high five Tan Six Fingers on uh, the tweets, Tans six the number fingers the phalange they should also find him on instagram tans six not the number fingers good stuff thank you tans thank you everyone submitting your minis in sorry we couldn't read them all out in full hope you understand yeah indeed thank you very much everyone we love receiving your minis we love reading them out unfortunately it takes a lot of time so we want to carry on doing reading of the minis, and this is the way we can do it. We can do it by reading just a handful of them and giving you shout-outs. So please keep sending them in. Even if we don't read them out, don't be discouraged. We might read it out next time. It's just the luck of the draw. No favoritism or anything. Honest governor. That's right. Speaking of next time, what do we have coming up next, Jim? Well, I would imagine the next thing will be some kind of new who, probably, and they will be talking about the Empress of Mars. That's right. We will be talking about Empress of Mars, after which we're back in Classic Who territory with Enlightenment, the last, the concluding part of the Black Guardian trilogy. Mm. And it's in bonus... It'll probably be one of our Who Back When Bradded audio adventures. Very, very cool. So keep uh, keep your eyes and ears peeled for that. In the meantime, Jim Cakes, how can people say hi to you? Would you like people to say hi to you? I would love people to say hi to me. Unfortunately, I can't be found oh. at Jim Cakes. Uh, I unfortunately was not aware of this this uh, nickname ahead of time. It's a recent development that Leon's brain has injected <laughs> into the universe. So I can be found at Jimmy the Who. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I just looked it up. There is already an at Jim Cakes and it's someone else. I know. Who's someone never else. tweeted. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> 
go to Jimmy the Who. And you can say hello to me online as well. Please do, in fact. It can be found at Ponken, P-O-N-K-E-N. I, I would like to add one extra little shout out as well to um, at Doc Oho and the Hamster with a Blunt Penknife podcast, uh, on which, uh, it, which has featured me for the past... I don't know if this one's dropping the day after or the week after, but it, very recently I was on it. Crap, I may have gotten my timings wrong. Um, but yeah, go to Hamster with a Blunt Penknife and find six episodes featuring yours truly, uh, chatting to the ever so charming at Doc Oho. Awesome stuff. Yeah. In the meantime and beyond, <laughs> please be rad, be excellent, be wonderful to each other. La, 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 la. The vodka has hit. I can feel the fumes. They're in my eyeballs. Be lovely. Ciao, ciao. See ya. <laughs> I'm so sorry, dude. <laughs> Kablamo! Did you enjoy the show? Then please do what the cosmos compels you to and spread the gospel of who back when. Tell your friends! But I've got no friends! No problemo, tell some strangers! Hey! Like us on Facebook. That's facebook.com slash who back when. All in one word. Are you into Twitter? Awesome! High five us online and we'll high five you right back. You guessed it, we're at who back when. All in one word. Check us out on Instagram for behind the scenes photos and other Whovian goodness. Watch our videos or even listen to our podcast on YouTube. That's whobackwhen.com slash YouTube. Vote us up on Reddit, listen to us on Stitcher and head on over to our website whobackwhen.com where you can submit a review of your own, browse the article archives and peruse our visual index of aliens, monsters and more which increases in Kablamos with every episode. And lastly, give us a rating and review on iTunes. It helps our show get noticed and earns you lots of karma points. That's it. Rock on and be rad and excellent to each other. Catch your earballs in our next Who review or bonus episode. Until then, cha ciao. Who back when?